What's going on? And welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Monday, August 10th. A very special Pelicans podcast for you. Not really going to talk too much basketball today, but two great basketball minds are joining me. Of course, we have Karan Butler, 14 years in the NBA, two-time All-Star, NBA champion, and now I can say Emmy Award winner. We'll get to that in just a second. And of course, we have Swin Cash, Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development here. So we have Olympic champions, NBA champions, Emmy nominations, and it's just me here on the podcast, so I feel a little left out. But first of all, I appreciate you both coming on. How are you guys? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited. Uh, happy to see my sister on the other side of me right now. So that's a that's a big thing right there. Just excited to talk about some real issues. Yeah, yeah, for me too. And, and Daniel, I know you you kind of went quickly over it, but I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because when you put that Emmy next to my brother's name, it's just <laughs> like, I mean, won't he do it? So I know we'll get into that, but this is just a, a good time to talk about some issues off, off the court as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. For Before we get into that, talk about you two and your relationship. Obviously, UConn is the, the biggest thing you have in common, but how far does this, uh, this friendship go back? Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 2000, what, 2000, 2000, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. 2000, 2001, they've been family ever since, man, outside of the game of basketball, you know, her energy, man, you know, Steve, her husband, her amazing husband, Swin, her family, like, it's just, you know, you, you, you gravitate to good people, and mm -hmm. it's been like that, and it's been genuine and authentic, you know, from day one, and you know, I'm happy to see her succeed and all that she's doing. You know, we uh, we flew out to the wedding in Atlanta, you know, to support and be there just because, you know, Swin is, you know, she's she's one of a kind, man. God made her do away the mold, man. She is a special person. Thank you, bro. You know, you know, I love you and appreciate it. And yeah, it just, it goes back even to college, you know, and it's like the family ties that we have. And I mean, don't leave out your wife now, Karan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we all UConn alums. So, you know, my sis and just seeing how I think at the beginning, we just both came from backgrounds that resembled each other somewhat. So there was always, I think, that respect level of understanding what the grind looked like to kind of get there. And then afterwards, just always staying humble. You know, I try to keep people around me that I call family, that um, are humble people that are giving back and just, you know, succeeding in life. It's important. And you all are doing a lot of things important in this community right now, influencing change, because look, there's a lot going on, not only with, you know, with basketball, so when you're focused on that, but a lot of social justice issues that you both have been you know, very outspoken about. It's been really cool to see. So I want to touch on some of these um, today while I have you both. And first, I want to talk about more so at the beginning of this restart with the Jazz and the Pelicans and the kneeling at the beginning of the game. And just watching that moment was so powerful for me to see on, on a global stage and seeing how both teams came together and kind of everyone followed suit after that. So I'm going to start with Karan and just seeing how that was such a, a big step for, for the league and for professional sports. And then, Swin, I'll get your reaction just from how proud you are of the players for what they've been doing inside the bubble. But, Karan, um, let's start with that and how the players have been using their platforms um, inside the bubble, starting with the kneeling of the national anthem. Well, you know, I thought it was pretty cool because, one, a lot of people thought that the messaging was going to fall by the wayside, you know, once you start, you know, going back to sports and participating inside of the bubble. Uh, and... You know, it was a lot of players that still elected to stay outside of the bubble and still do some amazing things because they felt like their presence was needed in a, a different way. 
You know, you saw Kyrie Irving and some of the things that he's doing and, you know, the list goes on with many others. But, you know, what was rewarding to me was, one, seeing the backdrop and the image. Uh, a lot of people called it symbolic trophies or symbolic recognition uh, from the league standpoint. But it went beyond that. I think that the league was drawing a line in the sand saying that, look, this is the side of justice we stand on. And then seeing the players being able to be authentic in those moments and exercise their right to stand on the right side of justice as well and not just stop the conversation there, keep it going. And I know we're going to get into, like, the endowments and, you know, the financial uh, position that the league has taken, and that's a great start uh, headed to the future, headed, headed into the right direction. But I, I just love the fact that the players, you know, was all as collectives together and taking that kneel, man. It, 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 sent, it sent shockwaves throughout the world. Uh, to see your favorite players, you know, standing on the right side of justice. Yeah, and I think just to add to, to, to what Karan was saying is that so many people were caught up trying to figure out if it was a protest. And I said, we're way past the protest. This isn't a protest. This is a sign of solidarity. This is a sign yeah. of us moving forward um, as a collective. And I thought that it was so powerful, not only the players, but if you really do a deep dive, you saw the coaches, the staff, the, the referees, there were layers to that. Um, that symbolism in itself um, was powerful around the world. And then to add on top of that, to allow players to have different messaging on their jerseys and also in different um, languages. And so there was a connection of bringing the world in um, to what is happening right now in the bubble. I thought um, that the players figured out, um, and I've said this before many a times going through it with the WNBA, is that, you know, you're only as great as your whole, you know? And so when it comes to the realization where everybody's affected by this, no matter whether you're, um, you're a black player, you're a white player, you're an international player, you're a Hispanic player, it doesn't matter. I feel like we've gotten to that moment as a collective and everybody wants to be on the right side of history and they wanna do what's right. And so that was, that's what I've taken so far from the bubble. And I give a lot of credit to also the networks, I give a lot of credit to my brother here, Karan, because um, they've done an excellent job of keeping the message going and amplifying it, giving players even more of a platform to talk about it uh, during interviews, uh, during some of the features, all that matters when you're packaging something together to really get your message out. So when I'm gonna stick with you real quick and just you know, talking with, with our players here, the Pelicans players and them going through this and, and having them, you know, voice however they want to you know choose to use their platform there in the ball what have you what have they learned from this whole process as far as you know talking about representative john lewis i know alvin's been talking with his players about that just them learning um while also using their voices what, what have some of your players maybe learned from this this whole bubble and what they've been able to do to uh, influence change well i think the one thing that they learned is to to seek and seek information um, and when you have younger guys, that's always important. And so there's been a lot of great resources down in the bubble they've been able to take advantage of. Um, they also had an opportunity to say, you know what, I understand now why my one vote matters. Because a lot of times you feel like when you're younger, like, man, it doesn't matter if I vote. Like, it, you know, you know how it is, bro. Like, it doesn't matter if I vote. Well, now they're understanding, like, how that one vote, what it empowers and what it means and how it's your voice. Um, so I've been really proud of our guys, not only using their platform, but really trying to seek information and figure out 
what it is that they want to do outside of the game. How can they affect change, not only here in New Orleans, but we, we encourage them to go back to their hometowns. We'll help you there. What do you want to do? Let us know. Um, so we're trying to keep this conversation going, but educating them at the same time. And Karan, uh, as, as Swin has mentioned, you've done a, a ton of interviews during this whole restart um, on NBA.com, NBA Twitter, um, NBA Cares with a lot of different people, whether it's former players, whether it's politicians. Um, what have you learned from all of your conversations about how everyone is coming together, especially in the NBA community, um, to address a lot of these issues going on in our country? Well, you know, it's crazy because I've been on, you know, numerous boards since 2004 like addressing these initiatives, whether it's uh, systemic issues, you know, everybody's, you know, favorite term now, systemic oppression, or, you know, we talk about mass incarceration, we talk about social issues as a whole, and I'm still being informed in real time, you know, by some of the people that I'm interviewing, from Valerie Jarrett to Brian Stevenson to many others. And then it's people that, you know, just are, you know, informing each other in real time throughout that conversation because the conversation is so authentic. And I think that the viewers and listeners are turning on so they can use their platform properly. Swin made a great point where you talk about what's happening inside the bubble. People are trying to learn where they can have the biggest impact, you know, but in order to know how and where you can have the biggest impact on this fight against uh, you know, injustices and stand on the right side of equality, you have to be informed properly. And once you're informed properly, now you know exactly where you go, where to go and, you know, have your fingerprints all over moving the needle into the right direction. So that's why I'm so happy that the platform is so large that you can't avoid it. Whether you're watching NBA TV, whether you're watching ABC, ESPN, Twitter Live, whatever the case may be, it's there. And it used to be a place where a lot of people can you know, really, you know, escape, you know, you didn't have to deal with the realities of the world. You didn't have to deal with, you know, those real issues in the sports space, because that was a time where you was like, you know what, I turn off the news. I, I just got off work. Now I just want to just watch basketball, watch my favorite athlete. But now your favorite athlete is educating you on uh, things that's happening in the world. And now you, it's, it's a must that you talk about it or your kids are watching their favorite athlete. And they like, what, what, what does education reform mean? Now that's a conversation in the household. So I love what the NBA has done. I love that they have stood on the right side of justice and gave us all a platform to talk about all these things. And look, it's happening. You know, it's going to take some time. I keep telling people, you know, racism and all the isms is not going to be corrected in this calendar year because it took centuries to get to this point. But it's happening. Absolutely. And one of those things that you all are both pushing in Quran, you, you mentioned on your on your Twitter is is voting. And I think that's a huge thing going on, especially with a, an election in November, no matter what side you are on, how important it is to get out there and vote and register, especially getting, you know, kids 13, I mean, 18 and up, you know, how important it is to get people registered to vote. But um, Quran, talk about how you actually challenged Swin on Twitter, whenweallvote.org, and how that organization and how that's so important right now to educate people on how important it is the vote. Because like Swin Cash says, your vote is not just, oh, one vote, it's not gonna matter. Every vote is gonna matter. And this is a really important election coming up. Well, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And when you think about, uh, you know, more than the vote and, and, and all these different campaigns and initiatives that's out there, you know, we all have massive platforms, which we've been discussing. 
but it's important that we know that we're in the middle of a census. And think about, you know, our ancestors and the bravery that they had, but they had, they lack resources. And now we have that, the resources, large platforms, and it's very important that we don't disappoint our ancestors. You know what I mean? Uh, we used to fight to have the civil right, you know what I mean? To, to be viewed as, you know, human beings. And now that we have that, we cannot, for one second, pivot in the wrong direction. And this is our time. This is a gap in history that's, you know, uh, that's, that's for the taking. And we have to really stand on that. So my thing is, because we're in the middle of a census and because you know, November is coming up, that's not the only elected position that we need to be focused on. You got to think county level, city level, state level, and then all the way up to the top. Because part of my language, but I always tell people, you know, shit starts up top and it runs downhill. You know, so it's very important that people understand that if these elected officials that's in position, that's not doing what they're supposed to do, they don't have a pulse on the community and the needs, you know, in real time, they should be elected out. And that's your power. You know, that's the power that you have to go out and exercise your right to vote. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, there's two things I want to just mention that the Quran talked about was one, the census, right? Um, when you talk about being counted with the census, it's so important. And a lot of people sometimes will tell you, well, I, I don't know if I want to fill it out. You have to then educate and explain why it's so important, right? And then on top of that, now we're looking at you know, our government that is looking to close it down a month early to not even give you the extended time to get it in. So for us, even here in uh, New Orleans, we're looking at another push to make people aware of the fact of getting the census in because now there's, uh, you know, uh, this this uh, whole other group that's trying to suppress again opportunities for local communities to get money through the census and being counted. Um, so not only are we having to meet people at the voting uh, polls now, now we are having to meet them as they try to um, create these systems to suppress you with the census. <clears throat> the next thing I'll mention um, also is where we are right now in this time that we're in as far as voting, it's so important to learn more and more about the local elections and even myself um i had to even do some more education because especially when you vote um by mail and you're not necessarily always in the state you have to stay up on these things because your vote matters and i think for so long karan you know this for so long a lot of these local elected officials will stay in there sometimes decades years and years and years you know, um, you know, all this different nepotism and different things going on and not taking care of their constituents. And now I love the organizations because of technology, they're calling everybody out. Your vote, how you voted, where money has gone, to what companies. Um, have there been certain um, racism within your contracts, within your local government that you're given? I mean, all those things are starting to matter. And I, I love the fact that we're paying more attention to them now. Amen. Yeah, isn't it crazy, uh, this woman talking about voting is, you know, with, with such a young team that the Pelicans have, some of these players might be voting for the first time. You have guys that are 19, 20 years old, 21, 22, so they might not have had a chance to vote in the, in the previous election, that this might be their first chance actually getting a chance to vote. How important is that for them? Uh, it's so important. I think uh, one of the things that we actually did was try to help our guys understand, we're going to walk you through this. Um, 
we understand basketball, you know, you're young and Corona knows how it is. When you're young, you're a rookie, second year in, like you just trying to ball, go home and sleep, play video games, right? Yeah, right. Especially for this day and age. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But what I've noticed is, is our guys are like, hmm. So my followers, I'm talking about this. How does my vote matter? So just bringing in different organizations um, when we all vote, bringing in organizations like I am a voter. It's important for us, I know here in New Orleans, both Pelicans and Saints, that we educate, educate, educate. That empowers the, the person as a human to understand why it's important to vote. And that's what we've been doing and we'll continue to do all the way up until the election. So I want to get your thoughts on this, and I'll go to Karan on this as well, what the NBA announced they're doing uh, last week. Uh, NBA owners, including Gail Benson, uh, the first ever NBA foundation dedicated to creating great economic empowerment in the black communities, $300 million over 10 years, $30 million per year. Um, we talk about all the things the NBA are doing, but even having this, I mean, how important is this for, for the league and all the owners to get involved and really start to, to make some contribution for change? Uh, it, it's so important. And I just want to give credit to the NBA. Uh, they brought me in and a lot of other people from different teams as, as part of a task force as they were kind of getting information locally, getting feedback from the teams. And I was really happy to be in kind of on the ground floor and watching this kind of be created. The partnership that the NBA has, uh, obviously with the union, uh, is, is amazing. And I think it's one of the best in sports. But I think the commitment that they had to make, they, under, they understood, and Karan can tell you, they understood the level of commitment they needed to make to just start. Um, this is just a start, but it will continue to grow because once the NBA leaves, then you get corporations, you get our sponsors and other people to then understand how they have to buy in and fall in line. And that comes with leadership. When you have leadership at the top, we have two of the best in the business and Adam Silver and also Michelle Roberts. Um, you're able to lead in a way where the players and the staff and the teams and now even the, the owners of the teams feel empowered that we're going in the right direction. And I do feel like this is a significant step that had to be done, um, but it's being done very strategically. What about you, Karan? You know, I, I was on a, a Zoom call with, uh, it was a representative from every organization. And we was able just to have an authentic discussion about the needs uh, and the black and brown Latinx communities. And I feel like, you know, for years, you know, with environmental racism and all the different things and trying to address the wealth gap in society, the NBA as a huge institution as it is to make a, a start with a financial commitment. You know, we had a specific call to action and behind of the symbolic recognition, the call to action was a start, but it also was a trend, you know, for other entities across the, the globe to like follow our way. I love the fact that I want to go to the initial issue when the pandemic hit, and the NBA pivoted away to stop playing basketball. It, was, that, it took a ton of leadership. And Swin talked about Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts taking that stance and then pivoting back into playing the game of basketball in Florida in the bubble. Uh, zero positive tests to this point. That takes leadership, amazing leadership um, as collectives. And the same way that we took that leadership to function again is the same way that we're taking that leadership against social issues. So I love what the NBA is doing and watch the trend of other people, you know, falling in line because we're creating a cycle of, you know, standing on the right side of equality. 
Absolutely. Uh, forward thinking is what the NBA is certainly doing. They are setting the tone for how other professional sports can be handling these types of issues. Not only, as you mentioned, social justice issues, but COVID-19 and the fact that the NBA bubble with zero positive tests, the NHL as well. So it seems like those things are, are certainly working. Uh, before I let you both go, I'll get to swing just a second about something that the Pelicans and the Saints are doing. Um, but Karan, we have to talk about the Emmy uh, for you that you got the news over the weekend that you're now an Emmy Award winner. Not only that, but you are writing a book. You know, everything's going on in your life right now. Just talk about one, uh, this, the seeing is believing and in, in being uh, an Emmy Award winner and what that means to you. And also talk about your book that's coming out soon. Well, you know, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we, we don't do this for, you know, recognition. We do it just to tell real authentic stories and to inspire people to truly just be a better version of themselves. And I felt like, you know, if I wasn't going to go to the lab and experiment on anyone, I to know that this works. And I wanted to experiment on myself first. I wanted to dissect my story. And that's what I did, you know, uh, filming it, being a producer, and, and going into that space where, you know, you go to create content and it came out, I was like, wow. I learned some things about myself that I didn't even identify, you know, in the process of just maturing. Uh, and I wanted to bring it to life and, you know, hopefully inspire people. And the feedback that I got was just amazing. And then now I'm telling stories of, you know, other athletes and other people as a whole, like from all walks of life, you know, through my production company. And it's just fun to do that. Uh, as well as children books, um, signing with HarperCollins was a, a huge deal for me just because uh, me and Kobe envisioned telling these stories uh, through the lenses of kids. And through my Butler League Foundation, you know, with my AU team traveling around the world and seeing different things, I always used to write down in my journal, like the stories that the kids would come and just say to me, you know, this 15, 16, 17 year old kids, coming in this saying, man, I never knew that this building was, you know, bigger than the courthouse or this and that. And I'm like, wow, like this, their observation of these things. And I never thought about these things. So I just started taking notes. And before you knew it, I had stories, uh, uh, like hundreds of stories, which eventually became into characters and, you know, the creative process that started to happen. So, man, I'm just trying to inspire um, you know, and help people be a better version of themselves as I touched on. And then also just stay true to the commitment that uh, I made with my, my brother Kobe. You know, God rest his soul, man. Our second acts will be better than our first ones. And, you know, so far, so good. And you're certainly inspiring a lot of people, that's for sure. Um, Swin, before I let you go, too, speaking of inspiring, you know, um, when this all happened, uh, you were working closely with, with Gail Benson and the Saints and Pelicans players about the Social Justice Leadership Alliance. Can you give us an update on, on what some of the players are, are doing with that right now and just how that's been going along? Yeah, so um, for me, when, when all of this hit, the biggest thing that I wanted to make sure that the next step for, for us, for me personally and for us as a collective, that it was very authentic. Like I didn't want to come to the table and be part of something that, you know, we're just trying to be with the trend. Um, and our players didn't either. And so, uh, I know how our players review, uh, how they view me and respect what I've done off the court. And so I, I put myself out there um, along with Shanika Henderson and also Alicia Sherrod. Uh, we co-chair this Social Justice Leadership Alliance that and it basically is the Saints and Pelicans players 
Um, it's chaired by Ms. Gail Benson. We have a leadership advisory. We're currently right now working on getting another advisory that would just be grassroots organizations. We've talked and met with ADL, um, ACLU, uh, NAACP, Urban League. We want people who specialize in this space in order to be kind of that guidance for us. A lot of times organizations want to put something together and they want to run out there, but you have to leave with the data, you have to leave with the facts um, and understanding the communities that you're in. So that was the structure part of it. it took us a few weeks because it had to go back and forth. And Karan, you know how it is. Whenever you're trying to structure something, that the foundation is not right, it's not gonna be successful. So where we are right now is um, we've partnered, um, two things that'll be rolling out even this week. One I'll be announcing here right now is um, we've partnered with Rex Chapman, who Karan knows as well. Um, he does a lot of stuff with COVID relief. Um, our partnership with him is we're, we're focusing on with the SJLA, a lot of these group homes, detention centers and other places that aren't getting funding to get masks, to get PPE, to get food, um, to get certain gowns. Uh, so our charge is to not only three things with, with us, is economic empowerment, education, and our social justice police reform. Those are three areas that our players said, we wanna focus on these three areas. Um, and so when Rex came to us with this, you know, concept of wanting to help here in New Orleans, for us it meant let's try to help the places that we know aren't going to get those dollars right away. Um, and so, like I said, we're going to be helping out a lot of group homes for young boys, young girls, detention centers, um, that all of the youth are in that need these resources. The second thing rolling out for us is our voting campaigns. Um, we have players, both Saints and Pelicans, committed to having people be educated about early voting. A lot of times people think we're just focusing on, you know, the November election, November election, but when people are trying to suppress your vote and do all these different tactics, letting people know you can get there early, how to get there. And the last thing is understanding, we, we talk a lot about the campaign and Colin Kaepernick about know your rights, right? Well, a lot of people need to know their rights whenever they go to the polls and understanding like if they're asking you for ID, if they're asking you for this, um, what your rights are to make sure that you're counted we want to make sure we're getting that information out to everybody so everybody can be counted. The tactics can't be used at the polls. Um, and one other thing I forgot to mm. mention, um, the biggest thing of all, we have to think about this. We're in a COVID era right now. A lot of times poll workers are the people that are 65 and over, especially here in New Orleans, they average just 65 and over. Those people aren't going to be able to work the polls. So what we're doing as a collective is our whole body, all of Ms. Ms. Benson's organizations that she has, we're creating this volunteer group that will get trained and have the ability to work the polls to be there so that we don't have to have our most vulnerable that are out there and um, potentially could contract COVID some way, somehow. So we're doing the work, we're on the ground, partnering with great organizations and really just trying to take a lead because people look at the model of the Saints and the Pelicans as leadership on the field and on the court, but we really need to be leading in the community. And you're certainly leading the way, Swin. So we really appreciate it. Those are some great updates and, and glad to see that both organizations are getting involved. We have WNBA champion, NBA champion, NBA award winning. This was fantastic. I'm so glad, you know, it's so important to just sometimes it's not about basketball. I think this is a time where, you know, these issues that are coming out, that it's so good to have people like you that are inspiring change and leaders on and off the court. On, I really, we can't let you just get out of here without mentioning UConn. Come on now, both UConn alum. Like, I know, UConn <laughs> alum. Absolutely. Get, this is your opportunity. The floor is yours to talk about your, your great university that, that you know, 
brought you to where you are all, right now. Look, all I can say, bro, is I'm just happy to be back in the Big East. That's all. I just want to oh, see basketball. You, you summed it up right there. We back. Game over. Everybody's scared. Everybody running. <laughs> yes, yes. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I appreciate everything that you all have done um, for your communities and in leading the way as far as using your voices and your platforms, Ron, with what you're doing uh, with NBA and your other organizations, Swin, what you're doing with the Pelicans. Um, I really appreciate you guys. This is a fun conversation. I learned a lot just for myself, and I hope we can do this again. Absolutely, bro. That was great stuff there from Swin Cash and Karan Butler. Really excited about this one. We've been planning this since last week. So, you know, it was good to kind of step aside from the basketball part and really focus in on some of the issues going on, not only around the country, but around the world. And, and two people that are inspiring change off the court. It was so important to have them on, especially some UConn alum that, you know, they have their relationship goes and friendship goes all the way back, uh, all the way to 20 years, as, as they said. So, so really glad that um, they were able to do this. So speaking of basketball, the Pelicans will be back on the floor tomorrow night against the Sacramento Kings. Two more games. They were officially eliminated yesterday after the loss of the Spurs and the Portland Trailblazers win. So two more games in Orlando Tuesday against the Kings at 8 p.m. Central time. And Thursday, they have announced at 8 p.m. Central time as well against the Orlando Magic, both on Fox Sports New Orleans, both on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM, and both pregame shows will start at 7.30. And while you're watching, of course, you can cool down and fuel up with a new hydration smoothie at Smoothie King. Blended with non-GMO whole fruits and electrolytes, choose from mango, pineapple, or watermelon. Visit Smoothie King or order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. I hope you all rule the day as well. I hope you all get a lot out of this, this podcast. Um, I certainly did. I appreciate all of you that tuned in and listened. Of course, you can download the show on iTunes, or you can listen to it on the Pelicans mobile app or pelicans.com. Until the next podcast, I'm Daniel Sallerson. Thanks for listening to Pelicans Podcast presented by Seat.